What community sounds like. Stay open. Hey guys, this is Chris from Tap the Craft. I want to tell you about a new partner that we have for the show. B-Cups. B-Cups is the world's first line of style-specific beer cups for people on the go. Whether by the beach, pool, hiking, or on the boat, B-Cups are great for any place you can't use glassware. They're dishwasher safe, lightweight, BPA-free, recyclable, and so clear that they often get mistaken for glass. They come as four packs on Amazon.com, but two packs and variety packs are available on their website at bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S dot net. Go check it out. Hello, craft beer friends, and welcome to another episode of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Lewis, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and this week, partners in craft, head brewer, owner of Trek Brewing in Columbus, Ohio, Mr. John Ream is with us. John, how are you doing tonight, and what is in your glass? I'm doing well. I had a cold last week, and so I'm going to be muting myself and hopefully unmuting myself when it's time for me to talk because I'm going to be coughing here here and there. Okay. And I hopefully won't cough into the mic. And I, I was drinking uh, Rheingeist Calmer, but, uh, you know, I was a little thirsty while we were just uh, getting the show rolling. Uh-huh. Um, but this is a it's a Kolsch with uh, cucumber and lemon. Ooh. Um, nice. Which uh, it's got a great aroma, a great cucumber aroma. Um, nice cucumber flavor, although as it warmed up, the cucumber got a little, um, a little more like the, the cucumber peel or skin. I don't know. What is it called on a cucumber? A rind? The skin of the cucumber? Well, is it a rind? I don't know. Uh, maybe I it's, you know, skin. Whatever that yucky outside stuff is. Yeah. And, uh, the foreskin. Yeah. So it tastes like. <laughs> foreskin? Like cucumber foreskin. <laughs> and, uh. My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> but um, until I, it was fine until I got to like the last, you know, 15% of my glass. And then it, it kind of. It got a little stale. <laughs> got a little stale. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, let me, let me get you, let me give you a rest because you're, you're going through a coughing fit. Let's get back. Let's get on with the other co host of the show. You know him, Mr. Chris McKenzie, the Wales bro from Tampa, Florida. How you doing, Chris? And what is um, in your glass? Oh, man. I'm doing good after, you know, just the. Fun hour. Can you still of, hear Chris? Of mm-hmm. pre-recording. Fuck. Come on, really? <laughs> nah. Uh, How do you do? Uh, <laughs> I did miss you, John. <laughs> Damn it, I missed you. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing good. And in my glass tonight, uh, I'm drinking uh, some Fremont Brewing's Barrel Age Dark Star from 2018. All right. Well, hopefully oh, you have that, a few of those. That hits me in the feels. <laughs> I I know, and um, it's. I mean, this this bottle was full when we we were gonna start at ten, and there may be about eight ounces left in this glass. Okay. So so there's still time for another one. So go bust out a second bottle of that big beer. Yeah, so we were like we were just talking before John got on here that whole I don't want to drink a 12 and 13% beer by myself. Well, you're not by yourself. Today's, 
You're with us. Yeah, I'm with with you guys, but this one's <laughs> clocking in at 13.6%. <laughs> I can't tell. You sound normal to me. I please. What what the hell is normal anymore? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Denny, well, how are you doing, man? And what's in your glass? Uh, you know what? Now that we got everyone talking, and I hope the sound will be of decent quality. If it's not uh, you can just blame Google Hangouts because something broke and we weren't able to communicate between the three of us. But we're we're going back to the old faith. Well, I won't say faithful. The old Skype. So Yeah, ch- choose your words carefully. Yeah, man. yeah. I'm not a big fan of Skype. It's Skype has screwed me in the past, and I'm hoping this show turns out somewhat decent. But if there is a little bit of a quality issue, it's because we have to rely on Microsoft for this show so hopefully microsoft will pull through we'll be able to finish it but it took us over an hour to try to get us all talking together but we made it happen but in my glass in fact i've already gone through three of these since the time we've been trying to get this <laughs> podcast going i'm drinking big sky brewings powder hound winter ale 7.2 percent nice florally like uh you know ipa-ish type uh, winter ale and I got a case of this from a friend who works at the distributor who got it cheap and said, you know what? I know a guy who likes winter warmers. I'm going to just go ahead and drop this off at his house. So you know what? I can go through a few of these because I've got a few in my fridge. So there a you go. A good friend to have. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to have uh, friends in distributor places for sure. Well, I guess I just need to make more friends with uh, beer distributor people. <laughs> yeah. For sure, for sure. Uh, it is a, it is a perk because every so often I'll just, uh, you know, have a delivery to my house, and it, it could be any any kind of beer. Uh, you know, last summer we got about a, we got a case of the uh, lime and raspberry one. I think it's from New Belgium. Did they do the ra- raspberry lime one? I can't remember. They had like a a raspberry lime L and they had a case of it and just dropped it off at my house for Sarah to drink. So yeah, I'll, I'll take anything. I'm easy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Hey, we don't want, this is not going to be a long show because I'm keeping these poor guys up late with all these technical tr- issues. So we're going to kind of go right into the meat of the show. And, uh, but before we do that, we have to always let all of our new listeners know what Tap to Craft podcast is all about. We are an educational podcast. We like to focus our discussions on uh, everything craft beer, celebrating all the goodness that craft beer has to give us and helping all of our listeners along in their craft beer journeys. And you're listening to episode 122. We're recording on Monday, March 25th, 2019. And in this show, we are going to focus on some Listener-provided craft beer news articles. Uh, we have a lot of a lot of folks out there that are providing us with some great articles, and I thought, hey, this is a nice variety of stuff to talk about. Get us off of the the lessons on uh, different beer styles, flagship beers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, so yeah, and of course you can count on some great conversation between Chris, John, and I as we go along. So let's get started in some conversation, Chris. Why don't you go through some of the beers that our listeners have been drinking on Untapped? 
Yeah, let's let's check out a couple of those. So, uh, starting at what was twenty hours ago when we got this whole thing kicked off, which is now twenty-one hours ago, <laughs> uh, it's showing up on this check-in. So, starting with Tom Byrne, he's drinking a bourbon barrel-aged impending descent by Trogues Brewing. Uh, he writes in smoke roast bitter dark chocolate right up front gives way to sweetened chocolate vanilla cream. And it's looking like this is a stout brewed with vanilla and the picture cuts off, but aged in bourbon barrels. I gave this one four and a quarter caps. Nice. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, Henrik is drinking a high altitude, dry and wet fermented uh, Gesha Village Estate coffee by Omnipolo. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mm. Uh, I'm glad to say we get those here. Or yeah. well, not that that specific beer, but we get to see some Omnipolo show up over here. That, that's, uh, gave it. Yeah, that's good for you because we don't get Omnipolo this direction. I have to wait until I go to Israel or I have a friend bring them from, uh, from European area. So it's nice that uh, you guys get those. Yeah. Uh, he gave that one a four and a half cap. Uh, hmm. Just wrote the, wrote the word Sunday brunch. It's got some coffee <laughs> in it, it looks like. <laughs> Uh, the pictures, the pictures, nice. He's using some classy glassware. It's a stemmed, stemmed glass, which is nice. Uh, moving on up, we are getting into Kevin Page, uh, checking in at Burial Beer Company. So uh, he's been uh, traveling around the Asheville area and uh, checking into this one's three and three point seven five caps, which is the the end is never near by Burial Beer Company. Um, it's a light, crisp, and citrus, very grapefruity finish. Hmm. Uh, moving on, uh, our friends at the Brew Review, Brew Review, damn it, Brew Review Crew. <laughs> um, wait, he, wait in, they they posted on Untapped. They they have a, a, a thing on Untapped. Uh, Ron is uh, checking into a few things from Founders. Oh, he's actually at Founders Brewing Company. So okay, yeah, get. Get those important things in when you're at really good breweries. Uh, checking into Hop Graffiti, Detroit Double IPA, and the Lavish Pale Ale. Uh, that one got most of those had four caps. Two okay. out of three had four caps, so that's not bad at all. Uh, moving on up to Aaron Peters is drinking the Precious One by Atlas Brewworks at the Washington Nationals Park. So it looks oh. like he's checking into. Uh, some spring game. training. Yeah. yeah, baseball is back. Uh, it's almost opening day, so it's getting getting close. Sadly, though, uh, only three caps on that one. Mm. Uh, let's see. Moving on up. Mark is checking in to Easy Fella Hazy IPA by Homestead Beer Company in Nashport, Ohio. Oh, that must be Mark Church. Yep, that's yep. Mark Church, and uh, gave that one four caps. Oh. Yes, you. Oh, look at that. Yeah, you are. <laughs> John's famous. That's right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Robert, chew your beers. Drinking Space Juice by Wild Barrel Brewing. Uh, right, smooth and gentle. Nice hop feel and bite. Not overbearing, just enough to keep you thirsty for more. Gave that one four and a half caps. And that sounds like a good beer. Mm. Space, well, it's a good name, too. Space juice. I mean, yeah. everything coming from space. I mean, I hear it smells like raspberry. Yeah. 
<laughs> then I want to go to space. Yeah. Uh, Chad Lamas is checking into uh, Jackie O's Brewing. Oh. Uh, Jackie O's Brewery. Their Mystic Mama IPA, which is a fantastic beer. At least it's one that I like. Gave that one three and a half caps. Um, moving on to Jay Collins drinking Pulp by Brewery Bavana. Drinking that on his patio. The boy likes to drink his beers on his patio. Uh, gave that one four and a quarter caps and just wrote solid. Nice. Uh, Kevin Page again drinking a Thicket as Thieves by Wooden Robot Brewery. And um, just wrote good balance of upfront tartness and moderate fruit sweetness. Four and a quarter caps. Uh, Chris wrote something. He's a jerk. Uh, uh, craft beer Joe kept checking into a couple beers checked into dragon's milk white by new Holland brewing Uh, nice body soft bourbon and slight sweetness gave that one a four cap and then Joe checking into these 450 North Brewing Company beers man he must have a like a a direct line to them he has he has a friend. That's mm. all I know. Uh, <laughs> drinking uh, Slushy XL Double Raspberry Jam. Oh, and, damn. And gave that one four and a quarter caps as well. It's a smoothie style Berliner Weiss. And the color on this the color on this beer, at least from what I can tell in his picture, is basically blood red. Yeah, that sounds... Yeah, you know what? I, I got to have some of that. John, Do you have you had this 450 West beer? No, you got to go down to Kentucky and get some. So I they they only distribute in three states. Uh, Kentucky, I do not believe is is one of them. Oh, so I know they're based out of Indiana. Oh, Indiana. Um, okay. Yeah, I know they're based out of Indiana, and they distribute to three state or two other states other than Indiana, and I'm pretty sure Kentucky's not one of them. Uh, okay, but but Ohio's not one either then. Yeah, it's not Ohio. I, I believe it's like Indiana, Illinois, and I can't remember exactly where, but it's on their website. Okay, well, Craft Beer Joe in Cincinnati has a hookup. And, mm-hmm. uh, so, John, you need to go down to drink some beer with Craft Beer Joe. Okay. Okay, make it happen. Indiana, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Oh, it is Kentucky. Okay. Oh, it is Kentucky. Yeah, that's how he's getting it. It's from yeah. Kentucky, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, he's in, yeah, Probably, in Cincinnati. Yeah, he's just going to the party source. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> across the, river. the party source. I would. <laughs> yeah, that's where yeah, everyone definitely. goes. And that's what I have for what our listeners are drinking. Okay, great. Man, sounds like a, a wide variety of stuff drinking out there. Keep it up, guys. It sounds like a good time. Uh, we're all envious of all the great beers. So, John, we've been waiting. Now, Chris and I, we've been talking about Trek. I don't know if you listen to the podcast or not, but we have been keeping up and uh, giving out news about Trek Brewing, even though we don't get any updates from you. So now we got you live. What do you have to tell us about Trek Brewing? You guys are, like, right. blown up. You're in the top five craft beers in the nation. Yeah. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. I think I think that's true. Um yeah, so I don't know what you said last episode because I still haven't gotten to that one in my feed yet. Um I'm only one behind. Only one behind. But I do get updates from Mark Church when he comes in. He says, Hey, we're talking trash about you on the podcast. <laughs> that's every podcast. If it's Thanks, not in Mark. the recorded part, if it's not in the recorded part, trust me. We 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 talk some shit about you. 
Yeah, I, I assume nothing less. So it's no surprise when he when he tells me. But Thank you know, you. he's he's keeping me up to date. Um, but I think the last time I was on, I was mentioning that one of our big focuses coming into the new year was you know our community give back and our community focus stuff that we've talked a lot about mm-hmm. from the beginning. Um, and we finally completed a huge step in that uh, just two or three weeks ago when we created the Trek Together Community Fund um, through the Licking County Foundation uh, here, which is uh, basically gives us uh, a support network from the Licking County Foundation to uh, help us identify uh, causes uh, locally here and um, really streamline um, our, the philanthropic efforts of the brewery. Because um, it, it can take a lot of the, you know, all the vetting and making sure that, you know, everybody is who they say they are and, mm-hmm. you know, it, stuff's actually, the money is actually going to where you want it to be going. Yeah. Um, and that, like, they do that stuff as their job. And so um, it it takes that off our plate and we can just say, hey, uh, this is what we're, we're thinking. Does that make sense? Are these folks legit? Is that real? Is it, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, they can say, yep, you're good to go. And, or no, don't do that. <laughs> um, thankfully, everything that we've done has been, yep, that's awesome. Like, so, um, but it's something we're really excited about and, <clears throat> it's let us uh, take our, our check together Thursdays. So even when we don't have a direct um, community partner for that day, <clears throat> lets us still collect uh, money. So we we do a buck from every pint on Thursdays from five to nine. And if we don't have somebody with us in the tap room, then that money just goes to the, the community fund for us to disperse as we find um, good causes that we want to support. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so that was super important to us and uh, something we we're really happy to get get rolling. Um, but in addition, we're uh, growing our team here. Oh. So we've got uh, two new bartenders now um, that we're kind of prepping for gearing up towards summer and um, being being a lot busier than, than in the winter. Um because nobody seems to want to leave their house in January. <laughs> but, um, so we're really excited. Uh, we got a couple of great folks, and uh, they're they're doing great so far. And then uh, the only other thing is that coming soon, we're going to be doing some crawlers here. Wow! So um, got got the cans, got the seamer. Um, we just got to get everybody trained, and then uh, we'll be ready to roll it out. So. Okay. I mean, you can start trading beer with me. Yeah, you can send you can send Chris some beer. Allegedly, you can't you can't just be mailing beer. That, nobody no, does I, that. That's illegal. I would, I would never consider that. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, John, we have been talking about Trek Brewing and all your great charity work that you're doing and your fund, and you have this fun run coming up on. April 6th, which I can't say, the 6th of April, uh, that's going to support the YMCA's, uh, what, what was it, uh, Camping for Everyone? The, the All for One Camp. It's the all, their uh, yeah. special needs summer camp. Yeah. Yeah. So that um, sounds fantastic. A half K. Everyone can do a half K. So Chris and I were trying to... We we're trying to guess at how you're going to set this up. Are you going to run laps around the brewery, or do you have a, a preset 
um, you know, route that you're going to do that, that starts the brewery and ends the brewery so they can come have a beer, run and have some more beer? Or how is that going to work? Um, yeah, so we'll basically be able to do it through our parking lot because we've got a big parking lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we haven't want, mapped out the exact route. We've got a rough gist of how it is. We just got to measure it out, make sure we don't go an inch over 0.5K. <laughs> <laughs> an inch over or i should say a centimeter yeah i was going right? to say you're you're mixing wanna, uh, measurements mix, uh, <laughs> mix my measurements all right so we won't go an inch over a roughly a third of a mile okay that's or ballpark in there but uh yeah it's gonna be a fun time uh as we're recording this is the last day to like guarantee a shirt oh. um for it but uh i think we're talking in the morning how we're going to approach it, um, whether we want to order some, a few extras just in case or just say, sorry, you didn't get it in time. Um, but there's there's lead times getting shirts made, and I can't just make a whole bunch of shirts that don't yeah. get used. So um, we'll figure that part out. Okay. But it should be a fun event. Um, so get a shirt, get a beer. Help a uh, good cause. So yeah, yeah. Have you had good support so far? Since I mean, you only re- you only announced it like a week and a half ago, right? It was pretty quick, I think. Maybe two weeks. Actually, I take it back. It's been at least two weeks because I found it and talked about it on the last show. So it's been two and a half weeks. Uh, have you got a lot of? Uh, uh, yeah, I was gonna say. I think it's been about three weeks that it's been out, out there. there. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we're. I think we've got 40 people signed up. Oh, nice. For, um, maybe a little more. I've Actually, I've been getting emails since we've been trying to record that people are still ordering them um, on the website. So Okay. Yeah, because, you know, we put the word out. We said to go to trekbeer.com and sign up and get your shirts. But I didn't know there was a deadline, so I should have put that out in the in the announcement, too. Well, we've been putting that on our socials as well, so... Um, yeah, should be known. Because okay. obviously, if you listen to this, you follow the brewery. I mean, of course. Not what are you doing? No, no. I, I, hey, we have a big poll from around that area. You know, Mark Church, I'm sure he's going to run in it, right? I thought maybe we might get Amanda and Kevin to come do a fun run. You know, I, although a half, half a kilometer is kind of short for them, but uh, they usually run half marathons. But yeah, they'll still be stretching by the end of <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> Mark and Heidi are signed up, so okay, they're uh, ready to go. Awesome, awesome. Well, hey, I, we both Chris and I, we love hearing about all the great stuff you and Kristen are doing with Trek Brewing and supporting your local charities, and and we try to put the word out as much as we can. So, good job, good job. Okay, well. You know what, John? It's time for us to talk about our new our uh, our events. But you know, Chris and I we haven't done anything. So, guess what? Uh, you better wet that whistle real quick because you got some more talking to do. So, uh, what kind of uh, beer related activities have you been participating in? Yeah, so I went to a, a masthead brewing uh, tap takeover at Trek Brewing Company. 
<laughs> Come on, man. That's the, that's the only way that I can do a beer-related activity. Look, he, you can't give him any grief about this, Denny. He, he at least has an event. I, I put on. something down. I mean, come on. I was I mean, going to put it up in the other section, but then you guys didn't have anything. So I was like, well, I'll represent the beer-related activities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mass Head Brewing up in Cleveland, uh, they've been uh, getting a lot of pub- publicity for doing some great beers and, and stuff, not only here in the state, but they've made it onto some of the recent, like, national up-and-coming brewery lists um and currently uh we are the only place in licking county that you can get masthead on draft oh wow um so we did a tab taker event with them on uh, this past friday we got four different beers on uh their flagship ipa their midwest red ipa their jalapeno ipa and uh, a series of tubes which is their uh new england ipa um and I, I gotta tell you that the jalapeno IPA is awesome. I don't know. Um, it's a. Uh, <clears throat> it tastes like the flesh of the pepper. There's mm-hmm. no like heat to it at all. Okay. Um, but I mean, it smells and tastes like jalapeno. It, it's really nice. It's really well done. I'm really curious how they do it. Okay. Um, so, uh, the uh, series of tubes is also nice. I just. Uh, Put a little bit of that in my glass to get me uh, through the rest of the episode here. Um, <laughs> so wait a minute. Oh, it's so, a, that's the New England one, though. Okay, it's not the uh, jalapeno one. I almost went with the jalapeno, yeah. okay. but I I changed my mind the last second. Okay. Um, but yeah, there some great beers. We had uh, had a bit of uh, of an issue. We we had had a great food truck booked, <clears throat> and the morning of they uh, messaged us and said, "Hey, we're having truck problems." Uh, we're not going to be able to make it. Uh, we line up our, our replacement. We're like, uh, all right, I guess. Um, so we talked to the replacement. Uh, yeah, we'll be there. No big deal. Uh, 4.30, uh, they called the brewery to say, hey, uh, we just broke down uh, on the side of the road about two miles from the brewery. And uh, we're calling a tow truck, and we might get there, but I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, gosh. they, they, they didn't make it. Um, <laughs> oh, so instead of me being out enjoying the tap takeover with everybody, I was in the back slinging pizzas. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Papa John. We right had there. no food options. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want to associate with right now. <laughs> 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 I'd rather be known as a cucumber foreskin guy. <laughs> 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 cucumber foreskin guy. Oh, nice. Okay, well, uh, John, I, 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 I'm feeling your uh, your pain in in your 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 head cold and your coughing. So I don't want to I don't want you to talk too much longer. But I do have one question that came up in our last episode, and we need you're the only one that can answer this question. So when you were first coming up with Trek Brewing, and I had asked you, hey, what's going to be your flagship beer? You said, we're not going to have a designated flagship beer when we open. What we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and we're going to open up with a series of beers, and we're going to let our customers, our clientele, tell us what they think our flagship beer is by the one that's going out the door the fastest. So Chris and I, you know, you know, we were asking... You know, we, we were kind of trying to figure out what your 
your flagship beer is. And my guess was it's your cream, your canteen cream ale, uh, might be labeled as your flagship beer at this moment in time in the brewery, uh, early, uh, times. But, but that might not be right. So are you willing to reveal what you think the flagship beer of truck brewing is at this time? So did did Chris have a guess as to what it was, or is he just no fun in the conversation? You know I'm nothing but fun, <laughs> uh, but the canteen cream ale is the only one that I really know the name of. But I hear, but I hear about a lot. <laughs> I hate you so much. Good. Um. So when people ask me, you know, hey, what's your best seller and all that, I tell them we have two beers that top the list of everything. Okay. One. So like IPA because oh. it's an IPA. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that just goes without saying. Okay. Um, number two, the canteen cream ale. Okay. Those are our top two sellers. Um, <clears throat> the, the Scarlet Red Ale has been picking up a lot of steam lately. The vanilla stout is also picking up a okay. ton of steam. Okay, good. The, uh, the pale ale has a very devoted small crowd to it. Um, but, I found that pale ales just don't sell that fast, even when they bring in like guest stuff. Like people just don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet if I rebranded it, something something session IPA. Yeah, I'd sell a shit ton more of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, right. I haven't I haven't bothered to go relabel all the kegs yet. Okay. So. Okay, that you answered the question, John. Uh, thank you very much. We appreciate it. So we are right on track. Uh, it's a given that any IPA is probably going to sell more because people want IPA. But if we take that out of the, the, the loop, then definitely your cream ale is, uh, is a high seller. And I'm glad to hear that the vanilla stout is picking up steam. And I know your red ale is good too. So that, that's, that's only when people realize how good that is, they'll be, you know, draining that one pretty fast too. So yeah. We actually had, we've had some people that were devoted to other beers. And I was like, I really think you'd like this. And then why don't you just try this red ale? And they're like, all right, all right. I don't usually like reds. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we'll just try this one. And now that's all they drink. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. So in a year from now, John, we're going to revisit this question and find out exactly. Now that you have a lot more time and a lot more beer going through, you should definitely know what's selling you know, the best. And I, I'm hoping it's still that cream ale, but I'm hoping it's the cream ale and the vanilla stout and the red. It's like a, it's like a three-way tie for like just. Yeah. So, and th- those five beers are basically what we've put through on the big system so far. Ah. Okay. I will say we've done uh, two pilot batches of our wheat and that beer has just flown really um so i'm willing to bet if i had that on full time it would really make a push and i'm kind of wondering if it would start to cannibalize some of the canteen uh, sales yeah um and then we also did uh we did debut our robust porter and that beer i think might actually be our top rated beer on untapped right now okay yeah so Um, yeah i i'd only because i know early on it was getting really good ratings because people were showing it to me. Um, I don't actually follow that very closely because <laughs> man, 
just being behind the bar and listening to people talk and then like seeing them check in after talking with them, like it, it makes your head spin yeah. on like what they're doing or how they think. And it, yeah. Um, so it's weird. And we see a lot of the, I don't like cream ale. They order the cream ale and rate it like one star. Like, okay, well don't, <laughs> don't order it and rate it. If you know, like try it. But if you already know you're predisposed to not doing it, like don't rate it because that impacts everybody else who would, would actually enjoy that beer. Yeah. But you know, yeah. So it's, but I, I will say that not only in beer rating, but in just how I approach rating of any other business, it it's changed my mindset completely because you realize when you count on that stuff that anything less than five stars might as well be one. Yeah. Because um, yeah. that's how people view it when they're just quickly doing a search and just scrolling through everything. Um, so basically now I'm like, all right, if I'm not giving it five, I'm not going to rate it. Or, you know, or I'm going to leave very specific, like, hey, this is why, Mm -hmm. you know, I gave it a two or whatever. Yeah. Not just a random four star, no comment, because that four star, no comment, it's a one star. You know, it it might as well be. Yeah. So, I don't know. it's, It's really weird. It's just, I don't know. Okay. Well, no, I understand completely. And that is the reason why that I write some comments and description into every beer I drink, because if it's good, I want people to know what it's good. And if it's bad, I want people to know why it's bad. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of breweries out there that will respond back to, you know, comment on my, uh, on my rating with my critique and say, Hey, I, you know, we really appreciate your constructive criticism and we will, you know, we'll, we'll look into trying to, you know, move that way. And it, it gives them something to at least uh, know what people are liking or disliking, whether it's my opinion or not. It it still gives them another uh, little bit to chew on. So, uh, yeah, so you yeah. Can, you can count on me for giving those extra. Yeah, but that's it's a it's the problem because like you talk to people that you know at, at first blush seem like they would know what they're talking about, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but then you talk to them for five minutes and you're like oh yeah you don't know what you're talking about but <laughs> your ratings like dictate everything about how everybody else at the bar is going to perceive it if they look it up so yeah you know yeah all right well i haven't looked at your ratings on trek so uh i i can't comment uh, I, I think we're mostly floating between three and a half and three and three quarters but. okay that's good though i mean you'd like to have fives but in reality if I find uh, I found on Untapped, if it's above a four, it's a five beer typically, and if it's between three and a half to four, it's a you know a four and a really good beer. So between three and a half and and four, you're doing pretty good. And I mean that's typical Untapped ratings. There's there's very yeah. rare any like five five fives out there, or even three you know four and three quarters. Yeah, and when I think I last looked like three months ago, and our cream ale was sitting at like a three and a half, which I take as a huge win, just because it's not a style that mm-hmm. Untapped would ever rate well. True, true. Your current, your <clears throat> excuse me, your current top beer right now is Trail Magic. Oh, there you go. It's picking up steam. So. Three point seven six. Which one's that one? 
Master Vanilla Stout. Ah, yes. Bring it up. So Bring currently up. in their list, they have Trail Magic, Canteen Cream Ale, and Solo Hike in that order. And then Weekend Wanderer and Scarlet. Okay. All right. Hey, get out there. Go to Trek Brewing. Drink the beer. Rate it high. Good stuff. Okay, John, we're going to give your voice a little rest. Chris, why don't you take over the airwaves? Talk about some of the new and noteworthy beers that you had to try since our last recording. All right. So the first one that I had on my list uh, was going to be one that I hear about a lot. Um, and last year, I didn't really like a whole, uh, I didn't really like too much, was okay. Founders Kentucky Breakfast Stout. Yes. And uh, normally, this is really good. Last year, I just wasn't a big fan of it. But this year, um, this year, they've made up for it. So this year, they got a four and a half cap rating from me uh, because this, I don't know what they did, but uh it worked this year, so I was happy to drink that one. And <laughs> did, did did you have it in a twelve ounce bottle or on draft? I had it on draft. Okay, because they're yeah. selling this beer for like five five to six dollars a twelve ounce bottle. So I don't know what the hell it got got. You know, it seems a little bit high to me for twelve ounces. Yeah, and it was one of those beers that I just remember. Couple years ago, it would pop up in, uh, in uh, you know, somebody would have it uh, for sale at the store, and we'd we'd all rush around. That was kind of one of our whales that would pop up, and uh, it's, it's kind of not that way anymore. I mean, it seems it's pretty readily available. So, uh, but it's still good. This this past year that they've put out their 2019 version, four and a half caps. Um, then their next one that I had, I actually had yesterday, was from uh, Barrel House Brewing in California. Was their Curly Wolf Maple Vanilla Bourbon Barrel Aged Imperial Stout? Damn, that's a mouthful. Yeah. Um, and we had that yesterday. I got to share that with uh, with Megan, and um, and that was uh, four point two five caps uh, for us on that. And it was really good because the uh, maple wasn't too sweet and that was one of the things i was worried about with that beer is that um i think we talked about a couple shows ago that um maple can just be just ridiculously too sweet in a beer and this one worked out really well the vanilla and the maple and the barrel uh, worked out pretty nice and then my last one right here locally in tampa uh from hidden springs ale works they're no no bake cherry cheesecake now, this one was a Berliner, a uh, cherry Berliner with uh, vanilla and lactose in it. And it was really, really good. Mm. Uh, the rating that I gave for it, it was, uh, I believe I wrote, uh, it, the sweet and the sour balance was really good. Um, now I want to look it up. But the sweet and sour balance was really good. And I actually gave this one a five cap rating on, on this beer. But it was really weird because it tasted, you know, you got the sweet and the sour from the cherries, but the sweetness from the lactose. And then after a while, if you just kind of sat still and let let the flavors kind of build up in your tongue, you'd actually taste that vanilla slash cream cheese flavor uh, from the beer, which I thought was pretty cool. So uh, 
glad to say I have a five cap rating on uh, on a recent on a recent beer. We have perfect balance of sweet and tart cherries and vanilla are right on in this beer. So so you posted to our Facebook page about the fear of missing out on this one. So you actually went and got this one because you didn't want to miss out on it. Yeah, I didn't. Um, <laughs> I I didn't miss out on this one, and I'm glad I didn't uh, because this was one of the beers that I didn't just walk in, grab the four pack or six pack or however they're they're packaging it at the time. Mm-hmm. Just grab the four pack, pay for it, and leave. I actually had a few. I had actually about a half an hour before I had to be somewhere else, and I said, "Okay, well, let's try this one." And they had another one that they were released that same day. Uh, that was a double IPA called the high life, not high life, but the high life. <laughs> and, uh, I got a hold of both of them, but I tried them both first. And this, uh, no bake cherry cheesecake. Uh, I walked out with two, four packs. Really? And I'm, I'm kind of nervous because they were saying that they only had a few left on their Facebook post today and I might want to run back and get some more. <laughs> Wait, but how much have you drank since you let since you bought those four packs? I'm pretty sure a four pack and some is missing. <laughs> well, well, that's a good beer then. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I had I've had a couple. Megan had at least one. Um, so, you know, it, it might not be in the in the fridge too much longer. Wow. Well, that sounds like a great beer. Congratulations on that that find for sure. Yeah. And it was it was nice cuz it was it wasn't so sweet that it was I mean it was just it was n- so nice. I mean you just drink one after another after another and it was really nice cuz it's been getting kind of warm here recently. Okay. I'm good. All right. Well, I'm going to go next because I'm going to give John a little bit more rest on his voice before he has to talk about his new and noteworthy. But uh, I made a trip to the co-op this weekend, and I, I picked up a lot of, I mean, there was some great beers that were available. In fact, I went in there to pick up a couple things, and I ended up leaving $150 less in my wallet uh, because I found some great beers that I had to have, and I, I went ahead and paid the extra cash for it. And one of those beers is the Big Bad Baptist from Epic Brewing. Uh, or actually, the Big Bad Baptista. It's their 2018 rare release number 20. It's an imperial stout with Mexican coffee, ca- cacao nibs, vanilla, cinnamon, and aged in whiskey barrels. And I'll tell you what, I try to get this beer, or at least a variant of this beer, every year because... Man, this beer is so well done and so good. And this one, it was no exception. I gave this beer a five-cap rating. Both my wife Sarah and I, we sat down, we split this beer half and half, and we both just were in heaven. I mean, this, I'm telling you, Epic Brewing does some fantastic, all their big Baptist or Baptista, the Baptista ones have coffee in them, just so you know. Uh and the Big Bad Baptist is just their big imperial stout. But all these beers are fantastic. If you have a chance to get these in your area, pick up a bottle. You won't be disappointed if you enjoy a very good, uh, you know, imperial stout. And I loved it. Very good. Uh, Then I also went and I had some founders. 
Um, I've had this beer in my fridge for a while. I just was waiting for the right time to drink it. It's the Founders Curmudgeon's Better Half Old Ale. And this old ale is uh, also made with molasses and aged in maple bourbon barrels. These are maple barrels that were used in bourbon manufacturing. And I'll tell you what, this is a very, very good beer. Now, it is a little bit on the higher octane side. It does pack a punch. There is a little bit of alcohol burn in this thing, but not as much as you would think at being such a high ABV beer and with all that maple, that molasses and that extra maple barrel aging stuff going on, uh, really good. I gave this one a four cap rating only because I thought that for an old ale, you know, I don't want to have that much alcohol burn to it. I want it to be a little bit smoother uh, with a more of that molasses character in it than, than the, the alcohol, but it was still very good, and, and four cap is a good rating. And then the last beer I want to talk about, I'm dropping the cappy rating a little bit lower. I had a lot of different beers, but pretty much most of the beers that I've rated in the last couple of weeks have been in the mid, you know, three to three and a half rating. But I picked one of my three and a half ratings to go ahead and share with you guys because this is a very unique beer that actually works uh i i mean i got it because i'm like you know what i've never heard of this before let's see if it's a gimmick or if it actually works and i'll tell you what i enjoyed this beer it's from woodland empire alecraft here locally in the boise area and it's called my love is waiting and it's a white chocolate lager yes a white chocolate lager and uh, our buddy tom Byrne, uh when he checked into it said pastry lager you know what i might label it a pastry lager because it does have a little sweetness to it but it's not overly sweet and i think it complements the beer very well you know it's a it's a nice malty lager but it's got some of that vanilla it, i mean it didn't really have a chocolate flavor but it had that vanilla like vanilla like uh white chocolate flavor in it that you know, complimented it very well. It had a, a nice mouthfeel too. Uh, I gave it three and a half cap rating because I liked it. I enjoyed it. I would probably drink it again. So yeah, if you can come up with something uh, unique like that, I'll try it. I also, I'll mention one more that I didn't put on the list. I also gave it, I think, a three and a half cap rating. It's from Pelican Brewing. I paid a little bit more for this beer. Uh, it came in a 22-ounce bottle. It's called The Brood Abides. And it's a play mm -hmm. off of of the Big Lebowski, right? As the uh, the dude abides, and this is a a white Russian imperial stout. And I I was hoping this was gonna have a a, a coffee and a cream, a vanilla cream or you know Kahlua type uh, flavor to it. Uh, it did have the coffee. It did have a slight coffee flavor up front, but I didn't get and the mouthfeel, I'll say, was really good. It was a really creamy mouthfeel. It kind of made me feel like maybe I was drinking a white Russian-inspired stout. Um, but, again, it didn't overwhelm me, and it was just like, yeah, it was just okay. I gave it a three-and-a-half cap rating, too. So I gave you a little bonus new and noteworthy beer there. Okay, John, 
now you had some time to rest. Why don't you talk about a couple of the noteworthy beers you have to talk about? All right. So I think last time I talked about a whole bunch of beers that I was given, right? Okay, yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to do that again. <laughs> um, so the first one I'll mention was also from the, the Beer Fairies, uh, my aunt and uncle, uh, from Aslan, uh, the uh, rich girl, oh. which I'm going to try to get this right uh, without looking it up because I'm too lazy. Um, but it's a, it's a barley wine with, I believe, chocolate... Uh, vanilla, cayenne, and bacon, if I remember correctly. Um, something, something in that vein. Um, but it was really nice. Had a little bit of touch of heat in the back. Um, which never built to like an uncomfortable place. It was just there, kind of, uh, rounding out this otherwise, you know, big kind of sweet beer. Um, but it, it was really nice. I really enjoyed this beer. But one of those things that you read the label and you're like, I don't know if all that stuff thrown in there together is going to actually work out or if they're just throwing all that stuff in because it'll sell. Um, but it was nice. So I really enjoyed that. If, I don't know really Aslan's production schedule at all, if stuff's just available or not. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. If you see that beer, grab it. It's really nice. And the other one I'll mention is from Listerman Brewing, which we brought up a few times in the past. And uh, this one was uh, brought back to me from uh, our good friends, uh, Mark and Heidi Church. Oh. Uh, and that's the Lishman Sunday, uh, which is like an ice cream sundae uh, with strawberries, like a strawberry sundae. Um, and it had a really nice uh, soft strawberry note to it, a little chocolate, a little vanilla uh, action in there as well. It was an awesome beer. And uh, thank you very much, uh, Mark and Heidi, for bringing that back. So they uh they put Listerman on their like must visit list after we had our tap takeover with them mm-hmm. uh in July and uh, we actually sent quite a few people down there on a little uh, vacation from that because we don't get Listerman up here they don't distribute so um uh, don't distribute to our area I should say oh um so the only reason we had those kegs is because I drove to Cincinnati and picked them up <laughs> and brought them back so. Uh, we sent quite a few people down and uh, that really enjoyed their their visit to Listerman. So, okay. So, after those kegs were yeah. empty, did you have to drive them back to Cincinnati? Yes. Oh wow. Okay. Wow, that's commitment. Um, I I actually ended up not making that trip. Uh, my dad volunteered to uh, drive down and take the kegs back, uh, which I really appreciated. Ah. So that yeah, was nice of him. Okay. Yeah, he he probably just wanted to visit the brewery and drink some more beer. I don't think he did actually. I, I think he was there before they were actually open. So I don't think he got the ben- the added benefit. I would have made sure that when I got there, the tap room was going to be open. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you got to plan this thing. I don't. I don't think he did. Okay. All right. Well, I have to dock your dad for style points. There didn't really uh, <laughs> come through. All right. Okay. Well, hey, some great beers. Uh, hopefully, some of our listeners can go and find these beers in your areas. Uh, let's get on to some voicemail. Right before the show started, we had a voicemail. I didn't even send this voicemail to the guys so they could listen to it ahead of time. But guess what? I am going to play this live on the air right now. So let's listen to Mr. Buck Buchanan from Oklahoma City. Let's see what he has to say. Hello, fellas. 
It's Buck from Oklahoma City. Just wanted to touch base and talk about a really cool festival I attended over the weekend. It was called Strong L Fest. There were over 70 different beers by 20 or so different breweries. All the beers had to be over 8% ABV to be of it. So without saying, there's some really big beers there. Um, so some of my notable beers, I got to try the Duval and the Amagang Three Philosophers. They were both some great Belgian-style beers. They're from breweries that we don't really see around here that much, so it's nice to get to check those out. Uh, also got to try the Big Money Stout from Evil Twin. Tell me that was a big beer. Tasted just like money and cold pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Some of our local breweries were out in full force as well. Um, I had the O Fudge from Perry Artisan Ales. Uh, it's an imperial stout. Um, it's aged on fudge brownies. Uh, it comes in at about 11.5%. Also had the Polar Eclipse Cinnamon Ecstasy from Rufftail Brewing. Uh, it's a 14% beer aged in bourbon barrels with cacao nibs and vanilla. So after making my rounds in this festival, you know, I was really, I was feeling pretty good. Um, so anyways, I uh, hope things are going well up north and way down south. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you, Buck, for another awesome voicemail. And I'll tell you what, Buck doesn't shy away from the big, heavy octane beers because last time he called in, he was also drinking some big beers. So he likes those big beers, but man, uh, I have never heard of a fest that's called a strong ale fest where everything is above 8%. I mean, I've been to, I mean, the Black Friday beer fest I go to every year at Payette, most of those beers are over 8% just because it's a, it's a dark beer festival. So a lot of those stouts and imperial stouts are already over that limit. But, uh, this one sounds pretty interesting and, uh, a lot of good beers, and I'm sh- I was shocked to hear that uh, he doesn't get a lot of Belgian, like Belgian ales, in the Oklahoma City area. I I thought that pretty much the Belgian ales, you know, the the Duvals, the 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 Pirates, the uh, I can't think of the other ones, but the other all those Belgian breweries. That they would Orvel Orval, I guess is another one, would come in into all the areas because they're getting distributed into the states and then getting fanned out to different states. But I mean he had to go to a special festival to get those beers. But um the the three philosophers, uh, I get that here in my area and I really enjoy that one. I, I appreciate that beer myself. Uh and the prairie ales, we've we haven't been getting prairie ales in Boise. We were getting them for a while, uh, but they kind of slowed down and we don't get them because, you know, again, I think the price tag was a little bit high and people weren't, they weren't, they weren't rolling off the shelf as fast as, as they were expecting. So they kind of backed off uh, distributing to our area, which is kind of sad. I, I wish I would have gone ahead and, uh, you know, spent the extra money to get some of those, uh, those special beers while they were here because now I can't get them. But I'll, I'll tell you what, that big money style from Evil Twin sounds pretty good. And the Polar Eclipse Cinnamon Ecstasy uh, sounds good myself. So, yeah, thank you, Buck, for uh, for sharing your festival and uh, some great beers, for sure. Okay, we had some other feedback. Uh, just to remind everyone, we 
for our next B Cups contest. We are basing it off of our iTunes review. So if you already have an iTunes review submitted, then you're already entered into the next contest. But if you want to get entered in, uh, go to iTunes and leave a review for us. Uh, it, and we'll add you to the uh, the contest so you can win a set of B cups. So we have a few more weeks to do that. Uh, so go in and, and leave a review. But no new reviews this episode. And uh, let's go into uh, some feedback we had. We had a, a voice, or actually we had an email from uh, uh, Johan Halberg. So Chris, why don't you go ahead and read Johan's uh, uh, feedback to us? Yeah, so he writes, Hi, guys. Just wanted to thank you for the shout-out on my 49th birthday in the latest episode. You pronounced gratis, just perfect. Even though I was on a weekend, I had to be at work, so there wasn't much of a celebration happening. I'll try to make up for it next year, the big 5-0. Thinking of a trip, uh, a dream would be to visit the States. I always get envious of all the great beer you guys have access to, which leads me to the subject of flagship beers. As kind of, that is kind of the only U.S. beer we get here in Sweden, uh, which would be okay, but the problem is that they have significant age on them when they finally arrive here, three or four months at best before they even hit the shelf, Wow, which is quite a shame. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a shame. <laughs> by the way, I really enjoy these longer shows, so it's not just Tom Joseph. Uh, I consume podcasts on my drive to work, which is about an hour one way. So needless to say, I want long shows. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, I'm really happy that you continue to give me the entertainment every other week. I really appreciate it. So all in all, guys, great show. Looking forward to the next one. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Cheers, Johan. Johan, that's a, a great email. Uh, and yeah, I'm glad that we're able to help you along in your hour long drive, but that's only a one day trip back and forth if we have a two hour show. So that still leaves a lot of uh, extra stuff you got to listen to on the other days. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, Johan, if you ever make a trip to the United States, uh, you let me know where you're going and I will make sure there's a box of beer waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. If Johan comes to the States, I've already told him that. I'm going to make every effort to uh, make a visit to wherever he's at so we can get, meet up and, and share some beer ourselves. I would really appreciate it. I really, I really do enjoy our interactions and just, uh, you know, I, I love the emails. I love the, the uh, untapped comments and the interaction we have on there and Facebook. So keep it up. We really appreciate it and, and can't wait to meet you one day. And maybe next year at the big 5-0 will be that that time so that'd be and it great. looks like he's been uh picking up some new brewing toys too oh yeah oh yeah he's uh <laughs> he's stepped his brewing game up you know before you know it he's gonna open a brewery in sweden i i i i, I see that happening okay john are you is your voice up for uh the next uh feedback we have here sure why not we'll okay try all right so i'll i'll lead into it we asked a question on facebook after we released our 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 show on flagship beers we asked, what is your favorite flagship beer? So, John, why don't you go ahead and let it, everyone know what our listeners uh, respond to. All right. Brad Fowler said Columbus Brewing Company IPA, which is one around here that uh, people are very, very familiar with. Okay. Uh, Tara Carlson, uh, Bissell Brothers Substance. Okay. Can't say I've had a 
still holding out on Bristol Brothers eventually. <laughs> uh, Ziv Cohen Gold Star. Yeah, that's an Israeli beer. That's their. Uh, <laughs> that's their. That's their uh, local lager that's everywhere. And uh, and Gold Star is good. In fact, I drink Gold Star all the time when I'm in Israel. So it's actually a good beer. Joe Easton, uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Yeah, can't go wrong there. Eric Ronley, Grain Belt, Northeast, and Summer uh, Summit Keller Pills, uh, which sounds awesome. Uh, Walter Keener, Anchor, Anchor Liberty Ale, and uh, David Makazuki, wow, Man After My Heart, with Carl Strauss, Red Strauss <laughs> Ale. I've talked about that before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, John, what is your favorite flagship beer on the spot? If I could, if I could get it. I would go Red Trolley, but I can't. So uh, my go-to would be Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale. Oh, wow. Nice. Nice. All right, Chris, what's your flagship beer? Yeah, I'm going to have to stick with uh, Cigar City Maduro. Okay. Or Brown Ale. Yeah, which is what, what you about mentioned. about you? Yeah. yeah, for me, again, you mentioned Cigar City Maduro, and I mentioned the Shoots Blackfeet Porter in our last show. I. That is my go-to beer when it comes to flagship beers. I just, uh, I love that beer. It's been with me along in my craft beer journey from the very beginning, and it's it's still stuck with me. I still drink a six-pack every couple months. I'll I'll get a six-pack and drink it. I I love that beer. So, uh, so that's mine. So awesome. Those are some great flagship beers. And then we also had some feedback from Kyle Lilly at Kyle in Ohio. He mentioned on Twitter. Listen to episode 121 of Tap to Craft. And if I got to vote for a beer for Trek Brewing to push as her flagship, it would be their Wishing Star Porter. That beer really jumped out at me in a big way. So there you go, John. Kyle is saying he is all in for the Wishing Star Porter. Yeah. See, I told you that beer would <laughs> jump and took a big following right away. So. Right away. Right away. And... uh so I also want to mention that I, I didn't write it in here, but uh, you can expect another visit from Derek from uh, Michigan. He's going to bring his girlfriend to come visit Trek on a weekend adventure. So you can look forward to having him and his girlfriend visit and, and have some beers in the near future. I don't know if it's going to be in a couple weeks or whatever, but he mentioned that on, on Twitter too. Oh, that's awesome. I yeah. get a kick out of Derek's Facebook posts all the time when I'm, just trying to scroll through, trying to find the Trek stuff I need to push, and then <laughs> I see Derek's stuff, and I just chuckle. So. Oh, yeah. He's he's a great guy. He's a great guy. All right. Well, hey, if uh, you would like to contact the show with your comments or questions, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com or on Twitter. Just follow us at tapthecraft. And, of course, you can find Chris just waiting for your comments and questions and 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 stuff on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash tap to craft. And don't forget, we do have a voicemail number. You can be like Buck Buchanan and be have your voice heard on the show by calling 208-536-3359 or 208-53-ODDLY. It's a very easy number to remember, 208-53-ODDLY. Leave your feedback, your questions, your, uh, you know, your craft beer journey adventures whatever you want to leave go ahead and leave it uh, we really appreciate it and we want to thank open forum radio network for supporting the show they provide our hosting space at openforumradio.com and if you enjoy the content that we're putting out we know you'll find some other great content like the following thank you so much for listening to tap the craft with denny 
John and Chris. Hey, and if you want to check out more great podcasts, check out the Open Form Radio Network over at OpenFormRadio.com. We have such podcasts such as Open Form Radio Proper, Facetious, Geeks for the Win, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gaming Vessels, Slash Attainment, and Conspiracy Otter. Hey, thank you so much for checking out Tap the Craft today, and please leave these fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this great show. Hey, thanks again for listening. All right, now it's time for the Brew Buzz, which is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. And this week, we're going to discuss a few craft beer news articles brought to you by our listeners. But before we get in to those listener articles, we did have an article that was released by the Brewers Association. It's their 2018 Top 50 Brewing Companies by Sales Volume. And so let's look at a couple of the top 10. We'll just look at the top 10 craft beer uh, brewing companies, the ones that do craft beer. And uh, so that I'll go through this real quick. So number one is Yingling. Yingling is number one. They're number one in the craft brewing, number six overall in all beer to, uh, distributing or, or brewing. Uh, number two is Boston Beer Company, the Boston Lager uh, Company, Samuel Adams. Uh, they're number two in the craft beer, number nine overall in all the beer. Uh, then we have Sierra Nevada, number three, they're number 10 overall. New Belgium is number four, which is 11 overall. Uh, uh, Devel Murcott, uh, is five, which is, I'm still surprised that they're considered craft brewing, but oh well, I guess, uh, it is what it is. Uh, number 13 overall. Uh, then, uh, uh, Gambrius or Gambrinus. Brewing is six. Bell's Brewing is number seven. So Bell's is seven. I don't remember if they were seven last time or they moved up because other companies got uh, taken out of the list, but they're seven. Then we have the the con- the the uh, Canarchy. Group, the Canarchy Group. These are this is what uh, I had mentioned this a, a year or two ago. I was hoping that more smaller breweries would combine together into a you know into a one like group company. To help, you know, boost up their support and their sales and everything. And it's kind of happened with Cigar City and Oscar Blues and a couple other smaller breweries. They all kind of combined together into this Canarchy group. Well, that combined group has now moved into number eight in the craft beer scene. So that's pretty, uh, that's pretty good. And then we have Stone Brewing's number nine and number 10, which is my, probably my favorite brewery. I, I know it's, uh, is the Schutz Brewery. I love the Schutz. I drink a lot of their beer. It's, I don't know, it, it's just close to my heart, uh, from my, my craft beer journey. So that's number 10. So there's the top 10 brewing companies craft beer as rated in 2018. Okay. So now let's get into the articles. I just want to cover that real quick. We don't want to drag this on too long. These guys are, are getting tired. Um, Let's go into an article that was brought to us from Eric Gronley. He posted this article to our Facebook page, and it is, and I, I had, I had to set for John to read because it's a Ohio man to give up food, drink only beer during Lent because John's in Ohio. So I thought he would be good, but I didn't realize John was, uh, at short of breath and coughing and having a bunch of issues. So we'll save John from having to read this article. And I'll just go ahead and and briefly cover this thing. So a man in Ohio, a man that actually works for a brewery in Ohio, uh, is going to go ahead and and give up. He's going to fast for Lent, 40 days. Uh, 
and only drink beer, which I think is uh, you know a little bit crazy. So let's see what this has to say. It says, Dale Hall says he's giving up food for Lent and planning to live off of beer for more than a month. I'm go- And this is a quote from him. I'm going to have all styles of beer. I am nervous. I am very nervous about it. I've only fasted for four days. Okay, well, you're going to go ten times that <laughs> during Lent, but we'll see. Maybe the beer will give you enough energy to uh, to make it, but I don't think it's going to, I don't think he's going to make it. Uh, yeah. He says, yeah, I think he's, I think he's probably already failed. So his fast takes a nod from the monks in the 19, in the 1600s who would fast during the season with a Bach beer diet. So they only drink Bach beers. Okay. Well, they were monks. Uh, they, they probably were used to fasting, uh, over periods and maybe the beer was a little bit more hardier back then in the 1600s. Yeah. But monks are basically ninjas. <laughs> Ninjas, yes, yeah, ninjas. They are ninjas. <laughs> oh, okay. So there's another quote here. It says that uh, that would be their liquid bread, and that's what they call it. So the monks in Bavaria would call Doppelbach liquid bread, and basically it would sustain them through 46 days of Lent. Said Hall. All right. So far, uh, okay, great, Hall. I, I'm glad that uh, that he's got some uh, history in him. Paul says he knows that people think he's crazy. Yeah, dude, you're crazy, man. I mean, I think you're crazy. Uh, he works for 50 West Brewing Company. Are you familiar with that brewing company, John? Yeah, they're out of Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this guy is uh, probably not going to be working very, very well for 40 days while he's uh, only drinking beer. Yeah, we'll see how he does. He says... He has a game plan and wants to see if he can prove to himself that it's possible. Another quote from Mr. Dale Hall. He says, I'm an Army veteran, so you know I was number one in my class in the Army. Okay, I didn't know that until you told me, but that's great. I've run a full marathon before. That's 26.2 miles. Okay, thank you, Dale. I've done big challenges, but this seems very daunting, so I'm just curious if I'm up to the challenge. If I'm going to be able to do it or not, says Hall. Hall says that he will be monitoring his health and checking in with a physician as he pushes forward. I just want to know what his lunch breaks are going to be like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he gonna is he gonna snack throughout the day, uh, drinking small bits of uh, Bach beer or Doppelbach beer? I hope Fifty West makes Doppelbach, or he's going to be hurting. Not well, the get good thing home. is Fifty West. I mean, they actually have a restaurant. I've actually been to that that brewing company before mm-hmm. and they not only do they make great food but their beer is really good too i mean it's not trek brewing good but it's uh it's good stuff but um i i don't i don't know about this one i, I think the guy is freaking stupid i mean he sounds <laughs> he sounds like a moron but uh how do, you, how do you really feel about it well i i mean i literally read his quotes word for word and uh, it's not like, I mean, he might be the smartest army guy, but he's not the smartest guy. Yeah. Uh, I, this has popped up in my feed a few times because it is Ohio. So it keeps getting shared by <laughs> people around me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I think the last update I saw that he was still going and, and lost 15 pounds was so people were like, well, I'm going on an all beer diet, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> You're either just so going to be super hungry all the time or just drunk. Just super drunk. 
Well, I mean, you can get a lot of calories. The the thing is you're supposed to be doing this with beers that aren't super high alcohol and you're just having little bits throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, not that you're just getting smashed. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know exactly what I was doing. I have, this is the most I've read about it. I've just been going based off headlines, which, you know, is a great way to get your news. Yeah. But yeah. no, I, I actually watched the video and the guy is, is about, uh, you know, he's, I don't know. I, for one thing, he is not a, uh, a skinny guy. So he could, you know, 15 pounds, he probably could still use, lose another 15 pounds and then be at the healthy weight. So he, this might be good for him. Maybe this is the way he's going to throw off those extra beer pounds because beer doesn't make you fat. It's the food you eat with it that makes you fat, right? Danny, did you just fat shame this man? No, I'm just saying <laughs> the, that, I mean, it's, it's the food, right? I, I know I I work hard not to be obese with the amount of beer I drink <laughs> for a week. <laughs> I mean it's it takes a lot of work to to stay uh you know lean and and somewhat uh, healthy. Uh, so yeah, he needs to lay off the hamburgers and the pizzas and just stick with beer and and he'll be good. Okay. All right. All right, Chris, why don't you go ahead and hit us up with our next article? Yeah, so Matt Knight posted a link on our Twitter page called Kodak dogfish head team to release beer that can develop film really really all right yeah. really this is fast well, first off who's using film anyway <laughs> yeah. i i know there's like the the half of a percent of the population that might use film just to anyway all right dogfish head dogfish is teaming with pioneering imaging company kodak for super eight goza a sour German-style wheat beer that features eight main ingredients and can also be used to process Kodak's Super 8 motion picture film. <laughs> All right. Well, I, first off, I don't know if I want to drink beer that could also develop uh, film. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of scary. Mm. But I don't know. I don't know what develops film, so maybe it's uh, something simple that we're just not aware of. <laughs> just ask anyway, <laughs> yeah, so a quote in the article says, We're coming at you with so much juicy flavor with the latest release of our new Goza Super 8. Uh, Dogfish head founder and CEO Sam Calgioni said in a release, uh, With the meteor- meteoric success of Sequench Ale growing to be the best-selling sour beer in America, we learn from consumers. <laughs> I can't even read that with a straight face. I'm waiting for John to comment because <laughs> no, I'll I'll comment for him because okay. uh, fr- uh, Megan ordered this at a restaurant the other day, and I tasted it, and all I could hear John, all I could hear was John's <laughs> voice in the background going, "It tastes like vomit. It tastes like vomit. It was a little bit of vomit." <laughs> and sure enough, when I took a sip of it, all I all I tasted was. Bleh. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. That was a waste of seven fifty <laughs> wherever we were. <laughs> Megan enjoyed it though. So it was um, <laughs> uh, as one of the best-selling sour beers in America, we learned from consumers that approachable, refreshing, super flavorful beers are what they're seeking when making choices about beverages. Super Eight Goza comes in at five point three percent alcohol. And features these ingredients, prickly pear, mango, boysenberry, blackberry, raspberry, elderberry, (laughs) kiwi juice, a dash of quinoa, because everybody needs that in their beer, and a touch of Hawaiian sea salt. Wow. That's a lot. But you know what? 
but that sounds like they're grain bills for stuff. Sidetrack, uh, you know, again, if you anybody ever gets to go to their place in Delaware, go check out their brew pub because that's the kind of stuff they're making down there. And it doesn't sound like it might. It doesn't sound like the ingredients work together, but some of them do. Yeah, but personally to me, that's too. That's too much. I mean, do you need all those different fruit variants in a goza? I mean, oh my gosh, it just seems like. A lot of stuff going on there. I mean, let's let's develop some film and find out. Yeah. Um, so the beer will be hitting local shelves in early April and will be available at all your favorite local beer beer retailers, including Wegmans. <laughs> that's, <laughs> throw that out. That's kind of that's kind of up like uh, New York way. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> while appearing on an episode of the Kodak podcast, the Kodakery. Last year, to discuss analog processes in the digital age, Calgioni found out that the heightened levels of acidity and vitamin C in some beers could also be used as a processing agent for some films. So there's your answer for that. There we go. Uh, The beer was formulated to specifically process Kodak Super 8 film, the brewery said. Early batches of the beer were sent to Kodak to begin development. Uh, That's a nice pun. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) a series of tests were done and they successfully proved that super eight can act as a film developer as part of the rollout for the beer calgioni is uh, planning a boat trip up the eastern coast of the united states this summer and he will be documenting his travels on guess what super Super eight Eight film film. yes and of course what do you think they're going to develop the film with they're going they're going to be developed in the beer and turned into a short film more details of the trip will be announced next month. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, tr- if this beer, because we do get dogfish head now in the Boise area. If this beer comes, I'm going to try it. I have to try it. Well, yeah. I mean, I've got to try it. And now, uh, are you going to develop a film in it? I might. I might go find some film, but I have to find Super 8 film. I don't even have a Super 8 camera to, uh, to video on it. So I don't Is know this- how it's going to happen. So this beer is going to cost you sixty, seventy dollars, is what you're telling me. <laughs> well, it might be more because I have to go buy. Uh, I'm going to have to go find some film for a Super Eight video camera, and I have to go buy a video camera. That's going to be vintage. That's going to be like five hundred bucks because it says vintage on the front of yeah, it. Yeah, and I'm going to have to videotape myself drinking it. Not videotape. I mean, Super Eight film me drinking it, so I can develop it in the beer. Mm. Yeah, it's gonna be expensive beer, but uh, I, I mean, we'll see. So you can get a a, a fifty foot cartridge of Super Eight film for forty dollars <laughs> uh, on Amazon <laughs> <Yeah>. right now. <laughs> wow, uh, who needs that much film? But but I, I haven't even looked at the cameras yet. But in order to play the reels, uh, just to get the uh, uh, let's see, that's to digitize the film. So if you want to digitize it to something that you can watch, uh, not through a projector, that's going to cost you about uh, anywhere between $300 and $400. Yeah. After so you develop the... it with your beer. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean. <laughs> and how much beer does it take? Is it going to take uh, a case or well, just I one? Mean, it's got to be enough to cover the uh, cover the film. Yeah. And it depends on what kind of container you use, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, John. Are you going to make 
a beer that can develop, develop film. If it just takes a certain level of acidity, then maybe eventually, yeah. I don't okay. know all the details. So Okay. Maybe by default, not intentionally. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, trying that beer. And John I hope beers have superpowers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I I like this article because I do too. <laughs> it's it's far it's far out there, but it's actually, you know, has some sense of reality too, right? If it is truly the acidity of the the beer that can react with the film and cause it to develop, that's cool. I mean, it is kind of cool, but I, I'm I want to watch. I I might watch the documentary that he's doing just because I want to see if it actually, you know, you know how it works out. I'm curious. Okay. Enough of that. That was a fun article that I enjoyed reading. We have one last article brought to us from Mr. Tom Joseph. He posted the article to our Twitter page. The article is craft beer deal would allow North Carolina's biggest breweries to expand. Now, We've already talked about some of the heartaches with with you know, distributors and uh, breweries like in Maryland when uh, Jim uh, Kutzel uh, went ahead and talked about all the weird laws they have. And and John, did you listen to that episode where we talked about that and and that how Maryland every even the beers they serve in their own tap room have to go through a distributor? Did you? What do you think about that? Have you heard about that? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, would, would I mean, knowing what you know, knowing the cost that's involved in owning a brewery, if you had to pay a few more cents just to have a distributor come and touch your barrel and say, "Yep, this is suitable for dis- distributing. Now give me my cut." I mean, would you be willing to go and do business that way or would you have to second guess your your adventure into craft beer? Uh, well, I'd, I'd charge more because I'd, I'd have to, and <laughs> have to, I'd be true. campaigning to change the law. Okay, I mean, because it's no, it's it's ridiculous, and the fact that they don't do any work and just say, "Oh, yep, cool, check, please." Yeah, I mean, that's that's essentially mob type yeah. activity, right? Yeah, exactly. So, no, not cool. Okay, all right. Well, guess what? Uh, North Carolina is not as bad as Maryland, but there was some laws that were keeping breweries at a certain size. So let's go ahead and talk, you know, we'll talk about this article that goes and tries to soften up these limits and give the craft brewers a little bit more leeway to go ahead and expand to a bigger brewing process. So North Carolina's biggest craft brewers, including two in Charlotte, would be able to significantly expand under the new bills that would be introduced this week in the General Assembly. The bills would end a two-year battle over a current law that brewers claim stifles their growth by capping production. The bills would allow some brewers to at least double their output. Now, these bills, they want to raise the 25,000-barrel cap on craft beer production. Producing one barrel more forces the brewers into a costly contract with a distributor. So, as long as the breweries produce less than 25,000 barrels, they can be self-distributing. But once they go one barrel over that 25,000, now they have to sign a contract with a distributor. So that's what they're trying to get out of. 
What's known as the franchise law then gives the distributor control over sales, marketing, delivery, quality control, and even pricing in perpetuity. I can't say that word. I've I've drank in probably three more of these uh, winter ales than I needed to tonight to say that word. The effort pitted the fast-growing craft beer industry against wholesale distributors, a group that reinforced its clout with nearly $1.5 million in political contributions in the last four years. That's a lot of money going to help yeah. back these distributors. That's, I mean, that's a problem. I mean, all this lobbying and all this stuff, I mean, that's a problem. That's what the same thing with, with the Maryland laws, right? They have all these distributor lobbies out there that are just able to throw money and 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 get this stuff uh pass in their way. So the state's more than 300 craft brewers have an annual economic impact of 2 billion dollars according to the North Carolina Craft Brewers Guild. Wow, 2 billion dollars. That's a lot of money. The compromise announced Wednesday would create a new category of a mid-size independent brewery. These these breweries would produce 50,000 barrels before having to use a distributor, but they could produce up to 100,000 barrels and keep their mid-sized designation. So what this allows the breweries to do is now, it's gonna, if this goes through, it'll allow them to go ahead and brew up to 50,000 barrels before they'd have to even go to a distributor to get their beers out there. And then once they go, they, they would be between that, that mid-level, 50 to 100,000 before they had to go to the next tier which we didn't even talk about what that tier is for large-scale breweries. I mean, who knows what goes on there? So I had no idea that, that uh, North Carolina was kind of capping their, their breweries at 25,000 barrels. Now, John, uh, what do you think? How, how long do you think it would take for you to get to 25,000 barrels at Trek? Oh, a long time. A long time? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So... What do you think about this? Do you think this is, uh, I mean, it's going to be helpful for a few breweries. I mean, there's 300 breweries. I don't know how many of those 300 breweries are reaching up to that 25,000 cap uh, or that are, are close to wanting to expand past that. But they mentioned, I mean, in the article, they mentioned three. I didn't talk about the three, but they mentioned three breweries that are right at that, at that level. Uh, three out of 300 is a small percentage of, of breweries that are affected. Do you think that most of these breweries are not really, you know, they're brewing a lot less than 25,000 and, and it, it's a not going to immediately affect them, but maybe in the future, if they plan on trying to expand uh, into that 50,000 barrel, 60,000 barrel range, well, actually they want to stay below 50,000 because they don't want to go to the distributor, then it might become beneficial, but you're still, I mean, you're a long ways from fifty thousand barrels, right? Oh yeah, I'm. I think we talked about this maybe a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, and at that time there were there was one brewery that was right there, and another that had been like limiting their production to like standard of the line, and there was another one that was coming up to it. Yeah. Um, and in today's world, where most of those breweries are probably neighborhood taproom type places, um. Maybe doing like a maybe a thousand barrels a year. I mean, a lot of the bigger places in Columbus, five thousand to ten thousand barrels. Um, so, you know, I think if we looked at that list of 
you know, artists in the in the country. I mean, by the time you get to that bottom of the, they put out the what the top fifty, I think, yeah. in the list. Yeah, I think when you get to the bottom of that list, you're at like thirty thousand. <laughs> yeah, that's no, what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's not that many breweries that are um, up at that those kinds of levels. Okay. Um, but still, it's an unnecessary cap. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know what's interesting is local brewery Payette. Uh, they when they expanded to their new facility here in Boise, uh, th- this facility was supposed to be able to handle a hundred thousand barrels of beer per year. I don't know what they're actually putting out right now, but like you said, John, that the bottom of that list in in the in the top fifty is you know yeah thirty thousand uh, barrels, and I'm guessing that Payette's not even putting out that much because they didn't make the list. So yeah, yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's great to go ahead and release some of these uh, laws, but. In North Carolina, I think literally it was affecting three breweries <laughs> that were at the at that limit that were trying to go above it. So uh, it's a very small percentage. But hey, go ahead and 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 release some of these archaic uh, laws. I mean, they still want to keep the article. I didn't again. I didn't put this in what we were reading off of it, but the article goes more in depth on uh, separating a three tiered distributor system where you have the brewery. The distributor and the and the wholesaler keeping those you know three tiers, uh, they're still trying to maintain that according to the the post prohibition laws, but man, we need to to try to get rid of some of these ridiculous you know laws like the ones in Maryland. They they definitely got to get rid of those. But yeah, I don't know. It's interesting uh, article uh, brought to us by Mr. Tom Joseph. So okay, hey. Let's go ahead and close out this show. It's been an hour and a half about. Uh, John and Chris are getting tired. I think we lost Chris in the background. John is uh, is trying to, to stifle his cough. Uh, so before we go, though, we have an opportunity to thank some friends out there and give a toast. So, Chris, who would you like to give a toast to tonight? So I'd like to raise a glass to John. Yeah. John, I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, I know it's especially fighting off the end of a cold and then having to talk to uh talk to us for the whole time i definitely appreciate you coming on man it's uh glad to hear you uh especially when you guys are brewing up a storm down there in ohio so <laughs> so cheers to you my friend all right and john who would you like to give a cheers to john uh so we sorry i was <clears throat> it wasn't clicking unmute and now i've used up all my good talking time explaining why i can't talk <laughs> um I mentioned him a few times this episode, but uh, Mark and Heidi, uh, Church Mark's uh, been homebrewing now. He got a kit from Heidi for Christmas. Oh, nice. Um, and I've gotten to try a couple of his beers. He's yeah, been uh, working through some uh, different kits and starting to venture out into making his own recipes. So I'm excited to continue to try his beers and uh, see where, where he goes. But it's been fun. Nice. All right. Well, congratulations, Mark. Keep brewing good beer before you know it. You could be an assistant brewer at Trek Brewing. Just keep that in mind. I don't think he'd like to commute. <laughs> hey, he might. He might. Don't don't knock it. He might enjoy commuting. All right. Well, I have a couple uh, toasts I'd like to give out. First, I'm going to give a toast to John and Chris, both 
for uh, coming on tonight, uh, fighting through the technical issues of computers and crap and Skype and Google Hangouts and all this stuff. Hey, we made it. We're recording. I hope the show turns out well. Thank you guys both for coming on and, and recording with me. I really appreciate your time and effort. Uh, the second cheers I want to give to is my daughter, Haley. She just went on her first trip alone, uh, flying away from home. And not only did she do her first flying away by herself, but she also flew international. She went to France for a week. And she flew by herself, first time ever flying by herself, first time ever flying international, went to Paris, France, uh, visited a friend, went through, toured Paris, toured some outside uh, towns, uh, took the trains back to Paris, got on a plane and made it back to me safely. Uh, I felt so good because uh, all I could think about the whole time she was gone was the movie Taken. And, oh, and I kept telling her that, hey, honey, I don't have Liam Neeson's skills to come get you. <laughs> so make sure you are smart and don't get taken because I can't come and get you. And she made it home safely. So cheers to you for uh, going out there and uh, making some adventures of your own. And tr she didn't drink beer. She drank wine. But, hey, it's okay. She, she, you know, she was doing what the French do. They drink wine. And then the last shout-out I want to give out is to my buddy, David Bizzle. Uh, he turned 50 this last week. Uh, congratulations, David. You beat me to 50. I still got a couple months before I turn 50. You're an old man. Uh, hey, cheers to you. Uh, go out there and have some great beers. I appreciate uh, you know all, of, all the good chats we've had over the years. And, uh, and keep up the good work. And uh, stay strong. And... And uh, here's to another 50 for sure. And, of course, I have to go ahead and raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there who are protecting our freedoms, allowing us to come on here, talk about craft beer, enjoy good beer, and enjoy our freedoms that allow us to have this freedom of speech and everything. So cheers to all the servicemen and women out there. Thank you for your service, and come home safely to your families very soon. And Chris, why don't you go ahead and give a shout-out to our sponsors? Absolutely. I want to raise a glass to B-Cups, the supplier of outdoor craft beer cups, for partnering up with us. And I encourage our listeners to go visit their site at bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S dot net. Or you can check out the other things they have going on at fermentedreality.com. You can check out the world's first full line of style-specific plastic beer cups for people on the go. Whether you're hanging out on the beach, by the pool, hiking in the wilderness, or even enjoying some boating, B-Cups are great for any place you can't use standard glassware. Also, you can check out our friends at Tavor.com. That's T-A-V-O-U-R.com. They have a promo code for us that if you use the promo code TAPTHECRAFT, all one word, they'll give any new user a $10 credit after they spend $25. Nice. So go out there. Go and, uh, and visit our sponsors. They're great products. And, uh, hey, you get some free stuff. Or at least some free uh, money for Tavur. <laughs> that, mm -hmm. that works. Okay. You can find the beers and links to the articles that we mentioned on the show in our show notes located at the show post at openforumrio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw. John, how can our listeners follow you? 
on Twitter at Prime Brewing, untap Prime WA, or you can follow the brewery, Trek Brewing, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trek Brewing, or visit the website, trekbeer.com. Excellent. And Chris, how can I just follow you? So you can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82, or untapped on Instagram at MCK1345. Or, of course, you can always find me on Facebook.com forward slash tap the craft. All right. It is last call. Time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please tell a friend. And, of course, we want you to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, or Google Play, or however you listen to your podcast. As a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers. This is going to be a great show. Okay. This is going to be awesome. Let's, let's get it on. Let's get, let's get it on. We're doing it live. We're doing it live. Damn it. <laughs> let's get okay. this fucking thing on the road. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. We're doing it right now. <laughs>